welcome to the Kidman Collective Podcast. My name is James Lott, and I am your host, and I'm a kids pastor with a decade of kids ministry experience, and if you lead in kids ministry as well, then this podcast is made just for you. I want to encourage you, if you haven't gotten the chance yet, to go ahead and listen to the first podcast, and if you like what you hear there, and if you like what you hear today, consider sharing it with maybe someone on your staff or some small group leaders within your kids' ministry. I think today's topic is going to be helpful for you in your ministry. So today, we're going to spend some time talking about the gospel, talking about sharing the gospel in your ministry context. What is the gospel? Why do we share it? How do we share it faithfully with kids of all ages? And then how do we equip parents to share this good news in their home? So I hope you like today's podcast. Let's go ahead and dive right in. So I want to start the podcast talking a little bit about what the gospel is. I think it's important for us to have an understanding of what the gospel is so that we can share it. We can't share what we don't know. So we want to share the full breadth of the gospel. We don't want to just pick and choose elements of it, but rather we want to preach the good news in its fullness. So I thought it would be appropriate for us to start today talking about what the gospel is. Now, you may be tempted to skip this section of the podcast, and I totally understand that, but I want to encourage you as a brother in Christ to sit and meditate on the truth of the gospel. We need to be in the habit of preaching the gospel to one another as a reminder of the glorious hope that we have. And we need to be in the habit of listening in and tuning in when someone shares the gospel. It's a reminder of all that God has done for us and the hope that that brings. So for me in my life, when my frustrations and my doubts begin to take over, when the valley seems really deep and really wide, I cling to this hope, and that is my prayer for you as you listen for the first part of this podcast. I love the words of Hebrews 10.23. It says, let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. I love the way the NIV says it. Let us hold unswervingly to the confession of our hope, because he is the one who brings our hope, and so we're going to hold on to the hope of the gospel. I wanted to start this uh, first little part of talking about what the gospel is, um, really using the outline of a resource that I mentioned in podcast number one. Um, The Lifeway has a kid's resource called The Gospel, God's Plan for Me. And I believe that they do a very good job of setting up the outline for sharing the gospel with kids. It seems like it makes sense when I've had those one-on-one counseling conversations with kids and it moves in a really good way. So I thought it would be appropriate to bring it in. It's kind of our outline. I won't take everything from it because I want you to go and buy it and use it in your kid's ministry. So they kind of set up the gospel, God's plan for us um, through a, a little bit of a different movement. So they start out with real simple lines. I love it. Easy to understand for kids and easy for us to understand right here. So God rules. Starts out with God rules. God created everything and he rules over it. It's important for us to understand that God made everything, that God is who he said he is, so that we can understand why we have sinned. We can understand who we have sinned against. So God rules. Starts out, Genesis 1-1 is one of those passages that I normally end up going to. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He's the one that made us. He's in charge of the whole thing. We want kids to understand this. God rules. 
Second, we sinned. Our sin separates us from God. When I was first getting started in kids' ministry, I was back in middle school, and I work with an incredible group called Child Evangelism Fellowship. And they have a really good way of explaining sin. I'm not sure if they maybe they took it from somewhere else, but I use this a lot in kids' ministry. And I say it's this. Sin is anything we say, anything we think, anything we do that makes God sad. And I always add, it's the bad things that we do. So the gospel, we sinned. Our sin is what separates us from God. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So as we're sharing this with people, we're going to make sure we point out our sin separates us from God. Next is God provided. Jesus is the perfect substitution. We're really going to make sure we're hitting this. God rules. He made everything. We sinned and we are separated from God. But God has a substitution that's going to die in our place. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus is the perfect substitution. And not only is he the perfect substitution, but he was our substitution. He died in our place. So Jesus gives. Jesus died in our place. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that leaves us with a choice. And when I'm counseling with kids, I love um, just to even, you know, let them know we respond. Um, we we have the ability to say yes to, although we say it at the chapel, to follow Jesus. Um, we also have an option to say no. And so I, I want them to understand in that conversation that this is something that's uh, a decision they need to make, uh, not one that I want them, uh, not not one that I'm going to make them <laughs> make that, uh, if that makes sense. So uh, we respond. We confess our sin to God, believing that Jesus died in our place, and we ask him to guide us in a life of following him. So um, when someone responds to the gospel, they are confessing and they are believing. Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you declare with your mouth, I love explaining to kids this way, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, that means that you say, I want to live life God's way rather than living it my own way, Jesus is the Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. Really what that means is that we believe that Jesus is who he said he is, and he did what he said that he did. So that is a very simple outline that you can use. It's one that um, I find I find to be uh, a nice, easy process of walking through the gospel. So God rules. He created everything. We sinned. Our sin separates us from God. God provided Jesus as our substitution, and Jesus gives. He died in our place, and then we respond. We have an opportunity to respond to either say yes to following Jesus or saying no to following Jesus. I wanted to give a little bit of a case of why it is important for us as Christians to share the gospel. It may seem um, a little bit of a uh, silly thing for some of us, you know, majority of us are kids pastors or small group leaders or um, whatever you may be serving in kids ministry. You could give me really quickly off the top of your head reasons why we should share the gospel. And I think all of us know that in our head But do we know that in our heart? Is this something that we are taking to heart in our lives and the way that we live? So let me go ahead and give you reasons why we should share the gospel. And I want you to take these to heart because I think it's important for us to understand 
what we are sharing with people, not just in our head, but in our hearts as well. So sharing the good news of Jesus, number one, sharing the good news of Jesus is a command. Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then 20, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is our command. It is our marching orders as the church, make disciples of all nations. That's what we're here for. That's what we do. Second, sharing the good news is a byproduct of praise. Sharing the good news is a byproduct of praise praise. The Samaritan woman at the well, I think about this, we were, uh, I don't know if I was prepping some curriculum or something the other day, but I remember reading about her interacting with Jesus. She interacts with Jesus. He reveals that he is the Messiah. And the first thing that she does is she wants to go and tell everyone, I think this is it. I think this is the guy. I just had this incredible conversation. They, she wanted to get it out there to everybody. Sharing the good news is a byproduct of praise. When we recognize who Jesus is, we want to share that wonderful news that the Messiah is here. Uh, Third, sharing the good news is essential to the salvation of the world. So sharing the good news, we do it to obey Jesus, and we do it to worship Jesus, and we do it so that God would be glorified through the salvation of others. Romans 10, 13 through 15, it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then... Can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Sharing the good news is essential to the salvation of the world. Now, I want to move to a different little bit of an argument here. Why is it important to share the gospel with kids? Um, Believe it or not, I've had conversations um, in the past or a conversation in the past as I was interviewing at a church, and one of the um, topics that came up was that I wanted to be able to share the gospel with kids and invite them to respond. I'm very passionate about it. Um, And the church actually uh, let me know that that's not something that they wanted to start doing until they were, I think, a a little bit older, maybe it was like middle school, something like that. Um, But yeah, very interesting thing thing here. So uh, here's my argument. Why is it important to share the gospel with kids? Because there is no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. The same spirit that works in us as adults works in the lives of our kids as well. Anyone from my churches that's listening to this, I'm sure they are rolling their eyes right now because people have heard me say it so, so many times. Um, But I think it's important we uh, share the gospel with our kids. Spirit that works in us as adults works in the lives of our kids. I love the way Dr. Seuss says it. A person's a person, no matter how small. The Great Commission's not limited to adults only. We share Jesus with people of all ages. We also see this in Jesus's earthly ministry. He interacted with children. He didn't push them away like his disciples wanted him to. He lovingly invited them into his arms. So why would we not bring children in our care into those same open arms? If that's what Jesus felt was fit to spend his time in his ministry with the short amount of time on earth was to welcome those kids. Yeah, we should spend our amount of time on earth to bring those kids to Jesus. So sharing the gospel with kids, I want to take the next, um, I guess, till the end of this podcast, talking about sharing the gospel with 
kids. We want to make sure we are staying true to the fullness of the gospel, um, yet we also want to be age-appropriate for our kids. So we're going to spend some time digging into this. I would love to share um, a little bit of where I am with the conclusions I've come to as far as um, what we should share with kids. And uh, I am a full believer in that we share the fullness of the gospel. We share the fullness of the gospel. We are not going to water it down, but we're going to also make sure it's age appropriate for kids. So we're going to remember there's also no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. Um, We share faithfully from the word and we ask the Lord to fill the void. So we provide the faithful teaching. He provides the fruit. So some things to keep in mind when you're sharing the gospel with kids, these things that we just talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Um, We're going to use simple and age-appropriate language that kids can understand. We want to keep in mind that most children have a surface-level understanding, if that, of the things of God. Now, for um, kids, our goal is not to see how many theological intricacies we can cram into our message. It's to be faithful to the gospel while recognizing the audience we are speaking to. We are speaking in a way that they understand what they are hearing This is called being good stewards of the kids that we are given charge of. So we're going to remember, God rules, we sinned, God provided, Jesus gives, we respond, we let them know the weight of our sin and the price that was paid in our place. We let them know this message. Now, the message, we know this, that we give in teaching adults uh, in big church is going to differ from how we teach our kids in elementary, and it's going to differ from the message we give our preschool kids. When we are talking about David and Bathsheba, we might go a little bit of a different direction when we're teaching it to adults versus how we are teaching our preschoolers. So we don't change the truth of that passage, but we do change the language. And I would say um, in interacting with our kids, and once again, We don't sacrifice the truth in our message, but I want to give you a little bit of an example of something that is practical and tangible for how we share the gospel at my church. Uh, For example, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Hebrews 9.22. It's one that we used when I was doing Child Evangelism Fellowship back in middle school. Um, It says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. And I love the imagery and just the um, rich theology that it brings in from Old Testament to New Testament and Jesus' sacrifice. I love that. And when I give a gospel presentation to elementary kids, I will include this verse. The power of the blood of Jesus is real. And when I give that, I love bringing that imagery in and, and letting them know, hey, these are the things you've been learning about for so long. You've learned about the Israelites. You've learned about the, how they made sacrifices. I think the imagery is incredibly appropriate to bring elementary kids into that. They can recognize, whoa, there is a weight to this. And it's, it, it, it's a little uncomfortable and that's okay for elementary kids to begin um, uh, feeling some of that. Uh, we don't want that to hit them in middle school. We, they're probably already having these conversations um, with their friends at school. But for when I am presenting the gospel to a preschooler, I don't use this verse. Well, why? Because I believe that proclaiming Jesus' death as taking our punishment is developmentally appropriate for a preschooler to understand. Now, I understand there are some people who would not feel like that's appropriate just yet, and I totally understand. I've had those conversations before, but for me, I feel like that's something important to share with preschoolers. So, um, choosing to share a verse um, from Hebrews 9.22 talking about Jesus' blood being the thing that cleanses us, 
Okay, so we're sharing that with elementary. We are not sharing this with preschoolers. Does this make the gospel any less true? No. Do I recognize that in uh, a Sunday morning presentation, I only have a few minutes of attention with kids, especially our preschoolers. I want to make sure that I'm holding their attention. I also recognize this. Um, Does this mean that you have to hold to the exact same practice? Um, I don't believe so, but I do think that developmentally appropriate language is crucial to effectively sharing the good news with kids. We want to make sure that we are sharing in a way that they are going to understand. I want to encourage you to take time, seek the Lord, seek his word, and ask the question, what does the Lord want me to share? What does the Lord want me to share? It would be a shame if us as kids pastors and kids ministers and small group leaders or Sunday school teachers, if we did not take the time to chew on what the gospel was and how I could have a conversation with the kid I'm going to interact with week after week after week. We are missing the mark if we have not taken the time to do this training and do the mental work of what should I share and how do I share that? And I'm hoping to be able to help you with some resources to do that later on. Strongly worded, but I think it's important and I'm teaching myself just as much um, as I am to you guys. So, What will you be confident in sharing with kids? Spend the time to go through it. I want to encourage you if you have not done that before. I think it's incredibly important. Um, So we're also going to use any story that we teach as well as testimonies to share the gospel. So um, at my church, the chapel, we're a multi-site church uh, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, We have started recently for our large group times for kids, uh, our elementary kids and our preschool kids having a Christ connection. So I look at the passage throughout the week and I ask the question, how does this passage point to Jesus? We're always gonna point back to the gospel. We want to make sure that our kids' lives At church, when they are with us, it is saturated with the gospel. Maybe to um, uh, saturate your uh, Sunday school classes or your small groups with the gospel, um, you can ask the question of how do we take the story beyond a moral lesson or a good concept, and where do I see Jesus revealed in the passage? And how does that affect the kids who are saved and those who are not saved? Okay, that's a lot, so let me try it one more time. Ask yourself the question— How do we take the story beyond a moral lesson or a good concept? Where do I see Jesus revealed in the passage? And how does that affect those kids who are saved and those who are not saved? So in each and every lesson I teach, I I like to ask this question. What's the application for those who are saved? What's the application for those who are not saved? So in every single story, we're going to share the gospel. We're going to at least point back to Jesus. I think it's important to get that in there, to put it in, even if it's just a, we're going to pull in for just a brief second, and we're going to point to how Saul's conversion specifically pointed to Jesus. We're not just teaching a story. We are pointing out the gospel. We're pointing out Jesus within that story. I will never uh, forget when I was in fourth grade, um, I remember sitting in Sunday school at Carville First Baptist Church, and I remember hearing our Sunday school teacher talking about how he had become a Christian 
after years of running from the Lord in college. And he talked about how he would like to go out and party. And he was doing all of these crazy things that for me in my little um, crazy Christian world where I'm trying to figure things out, I was saved at the age of seven and began to uh, figure out what it looked like to uh, actually grow in my faith. And that, that, that came much later on. Um, but for me, it was shocking. It was so shocking to hear this. Because in my head at that time, it was, well, that sounds fine. I'm saved now, and I'll just go and live life crazy in college, and then I can come back, and it's all good. But hearing this Sunday school teacher honestly share about how the Lord had changed his life and how his life as a believer was so radically changed that he doesn't want any of that anymore. He doesn't want anything to do with that. That impacted me in an incredible way. It it really begun a conversation to me of how do I take my faith seriously? And that was a Sunday school teacher from fourth grade on a random Sunday morning at Sunday school when he was probably exhausted from hanging out the night before and didn't really want to show up. But he did. And because he did, it began a conversation in me about what does it look like to follow Jesus for real. So we are going to share our stories with people. I'm more and more convinced than ever that the Lord uses stories to reveal his work to the world. Share your story with your kids. Let them know why you're so passionate about your faith. Invite your small group leaders and Sunday school teachers. Invite them to share their story with the kids. So we can use um, stories that we teach, our lessons, our, our, our Bible teaching for the day, and we can use testimonies to share the gospel with kids. So you're going to share your story and that's going to remind you of God's faithfulness as well. It's a win-win across the board. Uh, We also want to encourage questions and encourage kids to share their thoughts and feelings about what they are discussing. So we are going to, when we're uh, talking about sharing with kids, there's things we have to keep in mind. We're going to use simple age-appropriate language. We're going to uh, make sure that we use stories to teach. Um, We're going to make sure that we are pointing back to Jesus in the passage And then we're going to encourage questions and encourage discussion about this. It would be a shame if we sat up front and gave a gospel message and then expected people to say yes or no, and that's it. And if they say yes or no, it's that that's that's their one time to really think about it. And some kids don't know. I don't know if I can make that conversation yet. I don't know if I can make that decision yet. Well, we're going to give them a chance to discuss. We're going to give them a chance to bring their questions to the forefront and not be afraid to ask those questions so that by the time they are in seventh grade and they're still struggling with their faith and they're thinking, I don't understand how a just God, a loving God can send people to hell. And he's worried about that conversation. He is so scared of that conversation. He feels like he can bring it up because we in kids ministry have trained our kids. You can share your thoughts and feelings here and we can discuss over God's word what God's word says about those thoughts and what God's word says about those feelings. So I'm a believer in the idea that the gospel conversation is incredibly powerful. Yes, we wanna share the good news in a teaching setting, but we also want to engage in discussion. The kids in our ministries today are curious beyond belief. They're taking in information so much quicker than any of us ever did at their age. I I watch my son, my son is, my oldest is five years old. He has a tablet. 
I, I see how fast he just takes in information. He learns things. I didn't have that at his age. And the world that he's living in is so much bigger than the world that I was living in. Our, our kids are curious beyond belief. And they're taking in this information so quick, they're thinking through things much faster than we ever did. And now they are bringing these important questions. I'm sure you're seeing them in your ministry. So we want to share in a teaching setting, but we also discuss as a small group and possibly even one-on-one if we can do it safely. But we should get into the depths of the discussion. We should get into the depths of the discussion. Spoiler alert, you likely won't be able to do this alone. Um, You should equip your leaders and have those conversations um, with them so that they can have those conversations with the kids. This is one of the things that we've been hitting pretty hard at my church in recent conversations about is how do we equip volunteers and there's so uh, much further that we can go. But you don't want to do this alone. We want to make sure we're equipping our volunteers to have these sorts of discussions and inviting kids into uh, conversation. If there's somebody in your uh, small group leaders, or maybe it's a Sunday school teacher, or maybe it's someone on your staff, um, if you want to just share this podcast with them, maybe it would be helpful for them as they're just beginning to uh, think about the basics of the gospel and how we share, especially that first half of this. I think it would be helpful for anyone to kind of begin to get a conversation going, and then maybe even a, an argument of why we want to share the gospel with kids. If you find that would be helpful for them, I would appreciate it if you share. Um, we also want to give kids the license to ask questions. Um, obviously, with our preschoolers, we see this to be less um, because of where they are developmentally, but with our elementary kids, and we notice this so much with our third, fourth, and fifth grade kids, they have questions. They have questions. They are thinking through things differently. I, I don't know if I have these kind of questions in my head, but they will boldly Ask them. Don't be afraid of answering those questions. Don't be afraid of digging in deep with them. You might get some scary questions. Why did Jesus even have to die? If God's all powerful, why doesn't he just save everyone? These are deep questions, and these take some deep digging on our part. Challenge yourself to stretch your faith by digging into conversation, and don't be afraid to learn along the way. Don't be afraid to say, I don't know the answer to that question, but I'd love to get back to you on it. Can we talk about it next week? And then watch as the Lord grows your faith in the process. One of the things that um, we just hired a new youth pastor at our church, and one of the things I have loved as an idea, I don't know where he stole it from, maybe he came up with it himself, but he calls it the question box. And so for his youth, and I I believe he's going to end up starting it here if he hasn't already, sorry, Todd, um, he is implementing something called the question box. And so he has a box out with little index cards, and people can write questions. They don't have to put the name or anything on it, um, but he wants to spend time with them. He spends time with them, whether in like a large group setting or small group kind of setting. He will answer those questions. He will go through those questions. He's very, very passionate about, we dig into the questions with our kids, because if we don't, they're going to dig into it with someone else. We want to be faithful in sharing the gospel. We want to be faithful in inviting our kids into these big conversations. Okay, those are some things for you to remember as you're sharing the gospel with kids. I know that's a lot to take in. Let me go through it one more time. Things to keep in mind. We're going to use simple, age-appropriate language that kids can understand. 
We're going to use stories and testimonies, so Bible stories and testimonies to share the gospel. We're pointing to Jesus in our lives, pointing to Jesus in the text. And then we're going to encourage questions and discussions. When we're sharing the gospel with kids, we are going to encourage discussions. One quick note on how we do that at my church. We have a gospel presentation on a, um, and during our large group time where the gospel will be presented. And then during our small group time for our third, fourth, and fifth graders, we pull them aside and we just have a straight gospel conversation. There's a guide that I have made for our leaders and for my staff to go through. And we're essentially just hitting some of those big questions, talking about it, opening up dialogue. And you'd be surprised. I, I, I challenge you, if you haven't done anything like this before, I challenge you to do it. You'd be surprised the willingness that kids have to engage the conversation. There are um, a, a group of guys, I, I think two, two young boys who are normally relatively quiet, but I, I remember the last time we had this conversation sitting in there with him and I heard one of them speak for the first time um, when asking questions about this and, and digging into it. So definitely want to encourage you if you have not done that, ask questions, encourage discussion. I'm going too long. Let's go to the next part. Equipping parents to share the gospel in their home. We want to equip parents to share the gospel in their home. I firmly believe parents are the primary disciplers of their children. They get infinitely more time with them than we do. They have a different sort of authority as parents in the lives of their kids. And it's their calling as parents to be faithful disciplers of their children. It's my calling as a parent for my kid. I love Deuteronomy 6, 4. We see this, um, or 6, 4 through 9. We see this whole um, passage of Israel being reminded of the command they have to share with their kids. Let me read it for you. You've heard it a thousand times, I'm sure. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Parents have a responsibility to disciple their children. And we have a responsibility as shepherds of those families to equip our parents for this conversation. So how do we do that? Um, first, we're going to make sure that they have an understanding of the breadth of the gospel. Same as that's important for us to have an understanding as we share, it's important for them to have that understanding so that they can share with others. Kind of this cool idea of discipleship. So hopefully this is something that they're hearing in big church or they're interacting in small groups talking about the gospel. But if it's not, I want to encourage you to do this. Go and grab coffee and share the gospel with them. If you know they are a believer, um, Talk to them about it. Hey, I'm really trying to focus with our parents on sharing the gospel, and I have an idea of how I want to equip our parents to do that, but I would love it if we could just sit and talk about it and see if what I'm thinking makes sense. Invite them into that conversation. Get the feedback so you can go and grab coffee with more parents. If you have the ability to do that, you can also get your leaders to do that as well if you would like to. Um, maybe it's catching someone during a service. You see them in the lobby, and you just say, hey, um, can we sneak away and just talk for a little bit? You know, can we sit here and just drink some coffee? I'd love to, to chat with you a little bit. You know, share the gospel with them if you're not sure they know it. You know, hear from them of, hey, how are you feeling? 
about sharing the gospel with your kids. You know, those intentional conversations go a really long way. Um, In kids ministry, we also provide resources for our parents to share the good news for their kids. Um, So we give them a guide of some kind that they can utilize. Um, You know, if you and I are hesitant to share how much scary it is, is it for someone who isn't even at church throughout the whole week? They're not employed by the church. uh, They're thinking about a thousand other things going on in life. It's got to be scary for them to share that as well. And so it's scary for us sometimes. I know it's scary for them as well. So we want to bring something to them that will help them to have this conversation. At my church, uh, we have a resource called a Yes Booklet. At the chapel, we say we invite people to say yes to following Jesus. So it's called our Yes Booklet. And we use this for that purpose. Out in this uh, booklet, it's got verses written that walk through the gospel and what God's word says about it, um, as well as the sinner's prayer in there and a few other resources in the back about how we grow in our faith. Um, So I highly recommend you do something like this, um, something that's a little bit substantial for parents to be able to read through so that there is the full breadth of the gospel. Once again, I think that's incredibly important. We're going to teach it in its fullness. Um, But I highly recommend that you get some sort of a resource like that. If you want to take a glance at ours, I would love to be able to share it with you. You can find it at thechapelbr, as in Baton Rouge, dot com slash yes, thechapelbr.com slash yes. You can see our yes booklet for our adults, as well as our yes booklet for our kids, which I took basically from those two and kind of combined it together, some age-appropriate language. Um, I know I've mentioned it quite a bit before, um, but the gospel, God's plan for me from Lifeway, incredible resource for you to use. Um, You can give it to your parents. It's something you can use in your ministry. And so um, I would highly, highly recommend that as well. You can give this out to your parents. They're relatively cheap to buy booklets of them too. Um, you can also utilize resources, resources such as the wordless book, um, gospel bracelets. I've got one of those, all the different colors. Uh, the Evangel Cube is one of those as well. There's a lot of different things out there. Illustrations you can use to tell the story and invite kids into the gospel. And maybe it's sitting down with parents and inviting them to, hey, do you want to learn what the wordless book is? Something like that. Some people might do that. Some people will not. I personally find the guidebook to be a little bit helpful. And then um, for those that uh, that don't know, for parents that don't know, uh, we want to include the gospel truth in our communication to them. So those who do not know how to share the gospel, we want to include gospel truth in our communication to them. Um, so it could be as direct as, hey, next week we're going to talk about the gospel. Here's what it is. And include an outline of what the gospel is, an email or a handout. Or maybe it's something as simple as pointing out Jesus and the things you talk about at church when they're picking up their kid on a Sunday morning. Or maybe it's a text. Hey, So great to see you guys this morning. Today, we talked about the book of Genesis and how incredible it is that God made everything. It really was a joy to share with Sally that God made her and loves her so much. Thanks so much. Looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Putting those things in there. We want parents to see the gospel shared here. We want you to share it as well. And then we let parents know when we have conversations. We let our parents know when we have these conversations and we let them know that we want them to have these conversations at home. So we let them know, Hey, we're having a conversation this Sunday. We're going to invite kids to respond to the gospel. We want you to have this at your home too. You know, many times people don't do things because we don't ask them to do that. So challenge parents to rise to their calling. They can share the gospel with their kids too. They can pray the sinner's prayer and do counseling of the gospel with their kids. They can do that as well. So we want to invite parents 
to rise to their calling. We want to invite them into the glorious work of proclaiming Jesus to a lost soul. And the beautiful thing is that lost soul that they're proclaiming Jesus to is their son or their daughter. And what a beautiful picture of how much God loves us. He loves us so much that he sent Jesus to bring us hope. And now we, as parents, can share that same hope with our kids. And we can send our parents to have those conversations. And hopefully one day, their kids will share with their kids that wonderful and beautiful gospel message. I've been a little bit of a preachy person today. Obviously, I am very passionate about this topic. I wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I hope it's been a helpful talk for you. And there's so much to cram into a really short amount of time. So couldn't get to everything that I would like to today. But if you have questions for me, I want to encourage you to reach out so we can continue the dialogue at Kid Men Collective, every single place on the socials. I look forward to talking to you soon. If you like what you heard, please consider following the podcast. Turn on notifications so you don't miss us for the next one and share it with somebody who you think might benefit from this podcast. I hope that this podcast encourages and equips you in this season of ministry. God has placed an opportunity in front of you to change the trajectory of generations. Don't miss out. Don't miss out.